is week 16 in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across Canada on the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. Great show for you today, folks. Great show. We got Matthew Cos, my guy from TSN and CFL.ca. Also, power rankings and CFL fantasy tips with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca and a special behind the helmet with Canadian wide receiver from the Calgary Stampeders, Juwan Breskison, who with the Stampeders on a bye week is sitting on a mega performance the week before. So we'll get to all that. And don't forget, we're delivered by Domino's. Grab yourself a loaded medium feast pizza for just $10.99. The fresh toppings, delicious side dishes, carry or delivery. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That is dominoes.ca. C-A. Well, there is a lot to get to around the CFL, so let's get to it. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. Well, it was quite the finale for Week 15 in the CFL out in Vancouver. The BC Lions scored 18 points in the fourth quarter to force overtime against Hamilton. And in case you forgot, folks, no lead is ever safe in the Canadian Football League. TSN's Chris Cuthbert and Matt Dunnigan explain this wild finish. Well, the BC Lions and Hamilton Tiger Cats took that slogan, no lead is safe, to... Uh well, limits we haven't seen before, I don't think. An overtime win for BC when we were declaring in the final minute of regulation time that the Ticats were going to win. They had a seven-point lead, and they had the football in field goal range. And for some reason, Matt, June Jones elected to punt, not kick a two-score lead field goal. And the rest unraveled, and BC ends up with a win. And the ironic thing is kickers red hot, kicking long field goals left, right, and center. And he was amazing on the night, but they chose not to. And this is this is what happens. They kick a single here, and it's still a one-score game. And BC knows exactly what they have to do. Is they got to score a touchdown and convert, and it's exactly what they do. Last play of regulation time. Brian Burnham, his second touchdown catch in the final three minutes, but they still need a two-point convert. Yeah, and this is a team effort here because this is protection. It's a throw off the back foot, and then it's just talent by Burnham. Clutch once again, gets the foot down. It is actually overturned by the command center, and they call it good, and it sends us to overtime. And in overtime... The guy that has been red hot, Liram Hirala, who pulls one left. Rainey, he takes it out because he doesn't want to give up a single, ensuring his team only needs a single to win it. And on the play, Neal makes an unbelievable open open field tackle, pulling his hamstring on the play, setting up Ty Long from a chip shot, and he's true. And, boy, that was a heck of a ball game, one heck of a cat fight. 279th career win for Wally Boato. I don't think he's ever had one quite like that. And the Lions even their record at 6-6. Six and six. And June Jones will uh, be under scrutiny for that decision not to have the kill shot field goal in the final minute. And uh, we learned again that no lead is safe. Absolutely incredible. That's why we love this game. The CFL is what it is because of the rules and the players in the field. And, 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 and you know, Wally Bono, to his credit, 
He was aggressive in, in the fourth quarter there and went for it and, and actually converted. And June Jones played things close to his chest and ended up costing his football team a tremendous effort here on the road. So BC's won three in a row. They moved to 6-6, six and six and now the Ticats fall to 6-7. and seven And you can imagine, it's Bedlam in the BC dressing room. And did Wally Buono find a time machine and bring back 2016 Jonathan Jennings? Where has that guy been all year? Wow. Well, if this is the Jennings we can expect moving forward, then watch out for the lines down the stretch. These guys might not be dead yet in Buono's final year as head coach. All right, let's move on. Second down. Another big matchup over the weekend was the Argonauts hosting the Rough Riders. Now, Saskatchewan was looking to keep pace with Idle Calgary in the West and Toronto trying to stay in the conversation in the East. Also, it was Deron Carter versus his former Riders group. TSN's Gordon Miller and Glenn Suter broke it down. The Saskatchewan offense got booed off the field at home last week against Ottawa, but came back in a big way, especially early here against Toronto. Zach Caleros just completed 10 passes in that game. Hard to get your head around a a four-quarter game. That's just over two completions per quarter. So he needed that bounce-back game. In fact, this entire offense needed to get on track because it's been a team led by the defense and special teams all year long. Well, they did just that. Zach Caleros went 14-25, 233. Now, he threw a pick six, but I thought this was his best effort offensively. Made some plays down the field. Naaman Roosevelt, five catches for 105 yards. Two touchdowns for Williams Lambert. And a big run by Marcus Sigpen. Another 80-plus yard play by the tailback for Saskatchewan. So the offense got going and contributed tonight. Toronto Warriors have felt like in recent weeks they've played well enough to win. And they could say the same thing about this game. Yeah, absolutely. It got right down to the wire. Two-point game and McLeod Bethel Thompson had just over a minute to move the football into field goal range for the winning field goal attempt and he did get it going he was three for five on the drive he hit Edwards got got it into as close as they could to field goal and then they put Medeiros on the field who had just missed one and just missed this from 50. So the Argonauts fall short. And the other subplot to this game, Glenn, is the fact that Deron Carter facing his former team for the first time was a non-factor in this game. Oh, absolutely. You know, big story coming in and and was going to get the start at wide receiver. Deron Carter was not targeted at all tonight, did not have a catch, and in fact was on the bench for most of the second half. So Saskatchewan with the win moved back into second place in the West Division. Yeah, this Argos offense has totally stalled. The 300-plus yard stats by McLeod Bethel Thompson, they mean nothing to me when it doesn't equate to touchdowns. We saw it earlier in the year with Jeremiah Masoli when he was putting up 300-yard games but not winning and no touchdowns. Then he turned it around. Yards are just yards if you keep it within the 20s. And and Deron Carter, some way, somehow, needs to become a factor if Toronto wants to have any chance of a late playoff push. And you know what? To be honest, when you look at it, I think this sucker's done. Unless there's total collapse by Hamilton, it's it's pretty much over for the Argos. But you've got to figure out a way to use Deron Carter because he's a he's an, a weapon, an asset. I don't know if there's stuff going on behind the scenes, but why he was not used is beyond me. All right, to third down. Third down. And we finish with the game that started off the weekend Friday night. It was the return of starter for Johnny Manziel with Montreal versus Winnipeg's Matt Nichols, who was on a very short leash. A lot on the line here. 
Here's Chris Cuthbert and Glenn Suter, who called the game for TSN. Both quarterbacks under tremendous scrutiny tonight. Matt Nichols trying to snap a four-game losing streak for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Johnny Manziel looking for his first Canadian Football League win. In the end, the veteran guy comes through and was especially good down the stretch. Winnipeg Blue Bombers are coming off the bye, and Michael O'Shea was under all kinds of pressure to make a quarterback change from the fan base. He stuck with Matt Nichols, and Matt Nichols looked focused when he started this game. In fact, he got the Bombers out to an early 10-0 lead. That was the first throw of the game for Nick Dembski. A nice call by Paul Lapolis just to get Nichols into a rhythm. He finishes 18 of 25, so 72% is the completion percentage for Matt Nichols. 256 yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions. So he loses Andrew Harris in this game and still gets it done without having to lean on that star tailback. Matt Nichols answered the call tonight. Now he's got to take that momentum carried into next week. Might be some concern. Also, Nick Dembski left the game yeah. and Adam Big Hill. But let's get to Johnny Manziel, who uh, still is looking for his first win and his first CFL touchdown pass. Made a few more strides tonight, but made one big mistake. Yeah, you know, it was late in the game, and he was under a lot of pressure tonight. Craig Rowe had three sacks alone, and... This has been an issue in Montreal, but I agree with you, Chris. I think watching Johnny Manziel tonight, we saw another small step in his progression. He was seeing it. He ran the ball well. In fact, he had 36 yards rushing. He also caught a 22-yard pass and threw for 72% as well in his completion percentage, over 200 yards, and then the one interception late. That was the one mistake right here. That sealed the game for Winnipeg. But I do see that small step and that progression in Johnny Manziel. This was start number three. The one thing that we still haven't seen from number two is a touchdown throw in the Canadian Football League and a big deep throw. His longest throw tonight, 21 yards. Did see him catch a ball, <laughs> on a throw back, but not enough tonight. Alouettes lose their 10th game, and this uh, will be a big blow to their playoff hopes. And the Bombers help stoke theirs with their sixth win. Now 6-7 six and seven with five games left to go. Yeah, nice 72% pass completions for Manziel in his third start. But it really it felt more like a, a, a reboot to me, almost to the beginning, since Johnny missed so much time with the concussion and whatever the stomach flu thing was or whatever. So it was kind of just, okay, getting back into it. Next step, as the guy said, it has to be a passing touchdown. Obviously, it has to be a passing touchdown. And getting some touch on deep balls. Right, you got to start scoring. you got to start improving. And if Johnny can show steady improvement in those areas the rest of the season with the Owls out of the playoff picture, then there's hope for him. If he just keeps kind of stuttering and, and not doing much, I don't know what to make of his future in the CFL. So there you go. That was three downs. We will step aside, and after the break, it will be from TSN, from CFL.ca. It will be Matthew Cause to go over all the big storylines of Week 15 and looking ahead into Week 16. That is next here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca.
Welcome back to CFL Weekly across Canada on the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. And don't forget, we're delivered by Domino's. What does that mean? Well, it means you can go grab yourself a loaded medium feast pizza for just $10.99. All those fresh toppings. Try the side dishes, boneless chicken, pasta, marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out. Carry out. Delivery deals. Anything you want. Perfect football food, folks, at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Very happy to welcome in my next guest from TSN, from CFL.ca. It is Mr. Matt Cause. Now, Matt, you just came back from a trip of a lifetime to Machu Picchu. Did you have any revelations hiking up the mountain, those gorgeous sceneries? Did you have any any revelations, any any visions of, of a Grey Cup final or division winners or anything CFL-related? Did any spirits speak to you up there on the mountains? Yeah, the most of them spoke to me, they said, you sweat a lot. That was the first thing that the spirits told me. When you're, when you're climbing up for five straight hours and it's all up without any down, uh, you sweat a lot. Um, yeah, it was a crazy four day trek, Machu Picchu. I was in Peru for two weeks. Gorgeous, awesome trip. One of those sort of bucket list things. And it kind of reminds me of, I've run a bunch of marathons and during the marathons, somewhere around kilometer 33, you think, this is miserable. I hate this. But then at the end, the sense of accomplishment is crazy. Um, as for uh, any great cup predictions, all the spirits told me was, don't bet on Montreal. <laughs> they are wise. The spirits are wise. Yeah, the, the spirits are wise. <laughs> they looked at the Montreal offensive line and what they did to Johnny Manziel a couple days ago. Like, yeah, eh, maybe avoid uh, Montreal. Yeah, the, the ancient spirits are like, ooh, no, no, not, not, not for me. Not for me, the Alouettes. Yeah. No, they, they, are, they are wise. Uh, Matt, yeah. The only game I didn't talk about in the first part of the show was with the Ottawa Red Blacks and Edmonton Eskimos. And anyone who yeah. undervalues kickers uh, would have been oh. mistaken. Seven field goals by Lewis Ward in this one. My goodness. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. And he's this tiny little guy. Now he's made like 30. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember. Like, how many has he made? He set the record. And now I think he set like 30. He set like 37 field goals in a row. It's crazy. But it's, it's funny. I was, I was just rewatching that game earlier today. And first off, do you know there was at least five touchdowns called back on penalties wow. or, uh, you know, officials uh, overruling calls? That was crazy. But the bigger picture is, with Ottawa, they're a good team, but they have issues in the red zone. If your field goal kicker is setting records, that means you're not getting touchdowns. Right. And we saw it when they beat Hamilton when they kicked seven field goals, and the same thing against Edmonton. They'd get close, and then Harris will get sacked or you know just poor execution. So it's sort of a double-edged sword, that record for the Red Blacks. It, it's great for the kicker, but for the entire offense, it's actually a bit of a blemish and that could come back and haunt you come playoffs. Well, he's 40 and 41, 97.6% yeah. success rate. It's Just nuts. sick. And, and yeah, five, five foot, 775 pounds. Just a wee, yeah. a wee little guy boot with a big leg. Just booting those kicks. Unbelievable. Yeah. And Matt, when you, you look at, at the Ottawa Red Blacks, and we talked about it earlier in the season on the show when we had you on, it's like they always seem like they're just on the cusp. It's like, okay, Trevor Harris had a couple good games. Now he's going to go to elite status, and then they lose to, let's say, the Alouettes. And then they lose again. And then they come back and do something great, and you think, okay, now it's the time. They're just so up and down. I guess for them it's a good thing they're in the East because they'll probably win the thing, but I still don't know what to make of them. Do you? 
Yeah, I well, I picked them to win the division before the season began, mostly because if you remember last year when they started, it was like one five and one. Every of the, all their losses were by three points, two points, one point, and there's a, you know we see this in football every year that there is a regression to the mean and things change the other way. And so I thought Ottawa had had more than enough had more than enough talent to be able to bounce back. I think they are the best team in the East defensively. They don't have a lot of the star names, but they play fairly well. They did a good job. I mean, they held Edmonton's offense in check for most of that game. You know, that's hard to do with Mike, you know, Mike Riley in control of the Eskimos. So I like, I, I like Ottawa. What I give about Ottawa is at least they have an identity. They've got a pretty good secondary. They got William Powell who's leading the league in rushing, and you got Trevor Harris. And as long as you're not playing Calgary, Harris usually plays pretty well, but they're a little bit like the Winnipeg of the East, where just when you want to really say, hey, this team's going places, then they have a couple odd losses. But, hey, they beat Saskatchewan last week. They just beat Edmonton. Ottawa is a really good team. And the great thing is, what do we finish the season off with? Two games back-to-back, Ottawa-Hamilton. And Hamilton, if they didn't screw it up against the Lions, that could have meant more. But, you know, Hamilton, if they win those two games, you know, that could change the East. So we, at the very least, have a fun end to the season coming up. In conversation with Matthew Cause from TSN and CFL.ca on Twitter at MCause56. And when we go to the West Division, Matt, we know Calgary's Calgary at 10-2, but all of a sudden, them being idle... Saskatchewan out of the ashes have just all of a sudden you look up you're like what this is the guy this is the team that traded that cut Deron Carter that was playing him yep. on defense that didn't seem to know up for down and now they're eight and five and it's Edmonton that is one game above 500 and oh yeah watch out the BC Lions have won three in a row like the usually boring West from the sense that everything is is pretty much figured out that's that's an exciting storyline as we're heading to the end of September here Oh, absolutely, because you figured it was just going to be um, Calgary 1, Edmonton 2, and then we'll see. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, first off, let's go with the BC Lions. Look who uh, – and, I, God, I don't want um, – no, I'm not going to knee-jerk react this, <laughs> but I love Jonathan Jennings. We all love Jonathan Jennings oh, from a happened. couple years ago. Yeah. And – if he can, and part of that's just his offensive line. His offensive line doomed him the last year and a half, and then injuries, and then also his inability to adjust to defense. It goes a little bit on everyone there. But if Jennings can turn this around, then the BC Lions suddenly become that much more of a dangerous team. And as for Saskatchewan, I believe they've got Montreal next week. So let's put that in mm-hmm. as another win for the Rough Riders. Their defense is incredible. And when you look at them, Ignore sack numbers. I don't even know what it is, but no team pressures less or um, sends more guys at the quarterback than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, yet they still get plenty of pressure on the quarterback. And they can do it with three or four guys, which makes that defense so hard to beat because you've got you know seven, eight guys back in coverage. Um, the, the, the biggest disappointment for me is still is Zach Caleros. Uh, he had a couple big plays and actually was moving around pretty well with his feet, but he's not completing a lot of the passes and two interceptions and, and the one ugly one that was returned for a pick six. I expected more from him. I expected more from that offense. And think about this, about a little over 40% of their touchdowns have come from defensive or special teams. Wow. At some point, that has to end. So, yeah. um, but, but you're right. Everyone has a really interesting storyline, and we haven't even talked about Winnipeg. Exactly. And, and well, first, Saskatchewan there, Matt. Yeah, with Caleros, like that, that bides you time. 
when the defense mm-hmm. and special teams does it, that buys you time to get your quarterback, get your offense right. But you're right. You cannot, you get into the playoffs, you cannot rely and think, okay, we're going to score all, all our touchdowns that way. It just, nope. it just doesn't happen. And then for Winnipeg, all right, Matt, it, it was it was a very interesting battle because you had Johnny Manziel's return and Matt Nichols are probably on the shortest leash of leashes you can get for a quarterback, and he yeah. stepped up and won. But again, Matt, we talk about it, right? It's the Montreal bias. Okay, you beat the Alouettes. That's cool. But next but, week you're going to Edmonton. Yeah. It, 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 listen, it, it means nothing. What means more is look at the, that uh, four-game losing streak for Winnipeg right. and the problems with Nichols and, and benching him for Strebler. And like, I, I, I'm sorry, I have no faith. I, I, this is such a cliche. I do not have faith in teams for this time of year when they're asking questions about quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's just that plain and simple. So I'm sorry, Winnipeg. Uh, prove me wrong. Matt Nichols, be wonderful if you could. Last year, you guys, you know, it's funny. I think you scored more offensive points than anyone in the league, and, and, and Nichols had over 30 touchdown passes. But I'm sorry. I don't trust you, and it's because of the quarterback position. It's just not not quite there. And for the Argonauts, Matt, jumping back to the East here in conversation yeah. with Matthew Cause, let one get away from the Rough Riders, 30-29 to 29 final. Now you go into Calgary. We know what happens with that storyline. That's not going to end well. That's a, it's plain and simple. Listen, it's a, there's it's always a, that chance. There's always that 3 to 5% yeah. chance. And, and my God, the, the Grey Cup last year. Listen, the Argonauts, they sold their soul to the devil <laughs> and, and to win that Grey Cup. And then we saw it last night. How did Saskatchewan win that game? They had to hit a 56-yard field goal, yeah. and then and then Toronto had a chance and missed a 51-yarder, and and the the drive earlier they missed like a mid mid-range field goal. So listen, they they sold their soul to the devil to win the Great Cup last year. It was awesome, it was exciting, it was 100-yard plus plays all over the field. Um, but for Toronto, they're done. And the only question I have: Why did you bring in Deron Carter? You threw to him once. You split him out wide. He's not a wide guy. He's more of a slot guy. He just seemed to be a glorified um, decoy out there on Saturday night. He was irrelevant. I don't understand that at all. And then you had him on the bench most of the time. And, and then I start to wonder, Matt, okay, was he not running hard enough in Mark Tristman's eyes? Was he not running the right routes? What, like, are, are Why did you bring him in? Yeah. Why did you bring him in? We're not going to play. Like, like it, This feels like an ego power play by Tristman. Mm. And, and, and that's only as an observer on the outside. I don't know what's going on and you alluded to it. Like, how is he doing in practice? And, you know, there's a reason why he's been bouncing around from team to team, but Toronto needs help at the receiver position, and he could, you, you, you assumed he could have helped. I don't know what's going on there. That is, it's you know, much like June Jones' play calling, oh. that was the most bizarre thing from the weekend, was seeing uh, Duran Carter just not being used. Yeah, the punt instead of the field goal, that will go down as a uh, an all-time blunder in, in 2018. And one, <laughs> and one other one, sorry to interrupt you, and you're right. What about in overtime when, you know, they had uh, Edmonton, Edmonton had to settle for a field goal instead of a touchdown. Hamilton is the ball, and they've got a third and a long one, and they elect to kick the field goal instead of being aggressive and going for it. I mean, there was a couple times out there where June Jones, it wasn't just that one play. No. There was a couple ones. It was it was strange, but yeah, you're right, Matt. For the for the Argos, there they're done. If they won that, you could argue, okay, hey, then you're at four wins, Ticats at six, and you can maybe ma- make a story in your head to to think that they can be in it. But now it's going to be they're done. It's, it's, it, they're done. Yeah. I mean, the East is just about Hamilton versus Ottawa, and if Hamilton has any sort of shot uh, to catch Ottawa, that's it. I mean, that's the storyline. Right. Um, the only other storylines really left is you know uh, can Manziel get better and uh, can throw a touchdown? Who the hell is the quarterback? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, can can Johnny throw a touchdown? Like, yeah. like, like, like one. 
He has nothing. Yeah, can, can he throw one? And, and also, can the offensive line do a better job? Can, can they find something offensively that looks like it can be consistent? You know, so that's, that's really the, the, the only storylines left for the bottom feeders is who's the quarterback. Yeah. Well, Matt, thank you so much as always, man. Great stuff. And we'll uh, look forward to catching your work on CFL.ca this week. Absolutely. Have a great rest of the show, sir. There he goes, I'm Matthew Cause from TSN and CFL.ca on Twitter at MCause56. After the break, it will be Power Rankings, CFL Fantasy Tips, all from our good buddy Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. That is next on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. <laughs> Welcome back to CFL Weekly across Canada on the TSN Radio Network. Andy McNamara with you. Get me on Instagram at AndyMCSports, Twitter at AndyMC81, and get yourself some Domino's Pizza too. Get a loaded medium feast pizza for just $10.99. Fresh toppings. Look at all the side dishes. Marble cookie brownie for dessert. Anything you want. Carry out. Delivery. Whatever you need. Domino's.ca has got you. All right. Let's bring in. From TSN.ca, Power Rankings and CFL Fantasy Time with Scott Collins. Scotty, how's it going? Great. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing well, man. Week 15, uh, fascinating. Uh, and, and just going to prove that no lead in the CFL is ever safe. That finale with BC and Hamilton. Uh, boy, that raises a lot of questions from a power ranking side, Scotty, because all of a sudden you have, we, we, we were talking about like Jonathan Jennings, he's done. What are they going to do? They've won three in a row now. <laughs> well, Help. It, this, this, yeah, this is the, the, the CFL, uh, aside from the Calgary Stampeders, nobody, uh, wants to have any sort of sustained success. That's no. The, the message of this season is that any team that, you know, pulls a few wins together, you start to get optimistic about them. And, and uh, they, they break your heart uh, for for those of us who are in the rankings game and thinking, oh, you know, Hamilton's doing pretty well lately. We'll we'll uh, get on their bandwagon. No, no, you will not. Well, you know what, Edmonton's still not too bad. I think that they're on the right track. No, no, they are not. <laughs> and and you know, look, Saskatch- Saskatchewan getting a one point win at Toronto. I mean, nobody's holding uh, parades for one point wins uh, <laughs> against the Argonauts either. So it, it's it's really something. Um, and, but you're right, like that. That finishes BC over Hamilton. It's a classic. Like this is, um, you know, this is why people are fans of the CFL. That you can get that kind of swing uh, in a game. And uh, and as it pertains specifically to Jonathan Jennings, I mean, you know, we, we've talked over the past few years about Jonathan Jennings. That you know, when he's on, terrific. But boy, it's been a it's been a while since yeah. Jonathan Jennings has been on. Uh, and so it. You know, when when do you give up give up on him or give up hope as um, that he can be the guy who leads your team? Well, I mean, I, I we were headed down that road, um, and you know he comes back out there uh, with Lule injured, passes for three forty six and three touchdowns. I mean, I, that's the Jonathan Jennings of a few years ago. Yeah, um, and and so and so you hope if you're a Lions fan, you hope that okay, that's that's what we have on our hands here is the guy who can uh, do it, but. You know, I'm going to want to see it again in his next start before before I get too carried away. Exactly. Well, what's cool is those two go at it again next yeah. week. This time in Hamilton on Saturday. So I wonder if June Jones will try to atone for that bizarre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pot- why? Like that's 
Boy, I, I, you hear sometimes during a game, game flow gets away from coaches. That that, that one was a head scratcher. So, uh, we'll we'll see in the rematch. One thing that is certain, though, Scotty, the Montreal Alouettes are dead last. They, it it just brings you back. Like whenever you don't know, you just look and you're like, okay, the Alouettes are losing again. I I feel like I know something in the it's world. Comfort, it is comforting. I'll tell you <laughs> that, that that you know as 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 much as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers might be struggling. They they can get themselves yeah. out with a game against the Alouettes. Yeah, that's kind of what um, what we can count on. We can count on Calgary at the top, Montreal at the bottom, and everything else in between is uh, a mushy mess from one week to the next. Uh, but I mean, look, Johnny Manziel got to got to start again, and um, I don't know that they have any any further answers on whether he's really the answer at quarterback. I mean, he he wasn't terrible, but. No touchdowns in the air. But yeah, I know. But we're right. still we're still dealing with with no touchdowns, and you know, you know, at least in in, in this game, you know, the the accuracy wasn't too bad. He was eighteen to twenty five for yeah. twelve. I mean, it's it's you know, these are you know modest goals that I'm talking here. Uh, you know, compared to um, you know what you might want out of your starting quarterback. But given how his how his CFL career started, uh, we kind of have to work off modest goals. And so, um, you know, I, I I look at that for Manziel and say, well, you know, it's not not terrible but uh montreal is still uh they're they're fighting uphill and and i guess that's probably going to be that way for the rest of the year so you may as well see whether uh whether johnny manzel can kind of prove that he is is worthy of of a chance next year yeah and show some progression now scotty we touched on the saskatchewan rough riders for a moment there the one point win uh snuck it out then hey you know what they all count but now you look at them they're eight and five this upcoming week they play the Montreal Alouettes, so let's pencil them in for a nine and five. Now, now, now they'll get shut out, of course. But yeah. where are the Rough Riders in your rankings? Because although, as you said, like it's not pretty, but they're in second place in the West. Like, where do you pop them in the rankings? Well, I, I think they, I mean they've been kind of seesawing back and forth with Edmonton for the past few weeks. Yeah, uh, and so you know, based on how things went this most recent week, they're they're probably going to be up to second, and Edmonton back down to third, and uh, you know. All to be determined how things go the following week. But like you say, Saskatchewan with the game against Montreal, that's a chance to sort of establish your on, on second spot in the, in the rankings. I would say is because um, you know it, for one thing, Saskatchewan has uh, been able to string some wins together. I know that um, you know they had their winning streak broken uh, last week, but you know they're they're sort of on, a, on an upward trend. I would say, and, and like you say, with Montreal up next, uh, that would sort of kind of keep the trajectory moving in the right direction and like uh, but but like i say this is a week-to-week thing like just as i I would start to buy in on saskatchewan you know the winning streak ends and and edmonton overtakes them and just as i'm buying in on saskatchewan now you know if if they lay an egg in montreal well you know i i would i couldn't even be surprised because that's the way the season has gone for a lot of these teams that that are not Calgary. Exactly, exactly, and, and even you know Calgary's got bit twice this year. So, mm-hmm. and and in the East we got Hamilton now at six and seven, Argos with boy <laughs> like that 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 loss nine. Oh, like Scotty that loss was the season because if they would have won it all of a sudden four and eight two games you can make the conversation that they can still go for it like. For the Argos, I, like I, I don't know what to make out of McLeod Bethel Thompson as a long-term yeah. quarterback. Like maybe it's sort of a similar situation, I guess, to Johnny Manziel in that in this case you might as well ride it out and just see where the year takes you. Yeah, 
Uh, I mean, yeah, like once you're you three know? nine, I mean, what's the what's the downside uh, right. to finding out, right? And it's, and it's not as though they, as, I mean, as far as I know, I don't think they have any any other quarterback on the roster who's just you know bucking for playing time that you desperately need to see. So you know, find out whether McLeod Bethel Thompson is a legit CFL quarterback. I mean, that's that's a, a battle for a lot of teams is finding out whether you have somebody who can. Um, you know, who can play a, a, a consistent uh, starting quarterback. And once you find that guy, you hold on to him like grim death because, <laughs> yes. because other, otherwise you're, you're left scrambling here between, you know, cast offs and, uh, you know, and people who are just kind of clamoring for jobs. So if, if you can find somebody who can uh, fulfill the job and do it, do it uh, passably well, uh, you know, you hang on to him. I mean, and, you know, maybe you, you, you kind of catch lightning in a bottle with a guy like Jeremiah Masoli. Who, sure. You know, who, when he came into the league, you know, there was not a, a, a huge hype train on, on him, but, you know, you get him connected with June Jones and, um, you know, the the results have started to, to move in the right direction. And, and so I, I think if you're, um, you know, any CFL team, but certainly the Argos are, are one of them, uh, looking for a quarterback, you, you hope that um, the guy who you're giving these reps to can, can prove that he can play in the league. And, you know, I, I'd say that the jury is still out right now on McLeod Bethel Pop. Sure, and it's, it's funny you say with Jeremiah Masoli, Scotty, because in 2015, he was third string mm-hmm. on the injured. Like, he was almost done. Like, he was almost retiring from football. And now, yeah. you know, sets the record 300-yard uh, games and, and this and that. Not not a great result um, when they played uh, Calgary the other week, you no, know, no. And, then, and then with this week. But, hey, it, it shows, as you said, you might get the right match and you can do it. Yeah, well, and I mean, look, and uh, as you said, like in 2015, he was—he really still hadn't been able to establish himself in the league yet. No, uh, you know, and then, and then, even in the past, you know, in the previous two seasons, you know, he was kind of a part-time quarterback who had, you know, started to show some promise. But I, I, you know, this is the year where Jeremiah Masoli has really sort of taken taken hold and, and shown that okay, he he is a guy who you count on as a legit starting quarterback. Well, like that's been a process. Uh, sure, he's 30 there, years you know. old. Yeah, you know, and, and so certainly you, you, if you're Hamilton, you hope there are future, um, you know, that you have Masoli as your starter for, for more years. But, you know, you had to invest some years to get to get to this point. And so, you know, when you're a team like Toronto, the least you can do is invest, you know, the rest of this season in McLeod Bethel-Thompson to find out whether or not he can be something for you. Yeah, a lost season in conversation with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Let's move to some fantasy talk here, Scotty. Calgary Stampeders back in the saddle, taking on the Argonauts who come into Calgary. We, 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 uh, we, we know this ends. We know this ends. But when we're looking to fill up the fantasy <laughs> roster, I'm looking, Scotty, our, my behind-the-helmet guest after you is Juwan Breskison who had a 109-yard five-catch game before the bye out of Mississauga. You couple that with the bagel, Reggie Bagleton. There you are, go. Are, are we stacking here on Calgary? Or a couple it, receivers there? It's not a bad play. I mean, particularly because a bunch of the other you know big-name receivers, if you want to call it that, for Calgary are hurt. Yeah. Right? And, and, and with those guys out, you know, Bagleton and Breskison have – have you know stepped up, and I mean, I think we've talked about this too. Is that you know credit to Bo Levi Mitchell that, oh, he really sure. has, that he hasn't you know faltered. That oh yeah, we've taken away your number one receiver. That's fine. We've taken away your number two. <laughs> oh, that's, that's still okay. Number three is okay. Well, you know he still finds finds guys who can put up numbers for him. And so 
you know, credit there, but also credit to these guys who are stepping up and, and taking on bigger roles. So I, I think, and particularly given the price, um, that you get in fantasy on on Bagleton and Breskison, that you know that's a worthwhile play for sure. Won't be bad. And and you talk about with Bo Levi Mitchell too, very inconsistent in the backfield. Was Don Jackson, Romar mm-hmm. Morris in and out? You know when they were last out, almost rushed for a hundred yards. Like it is just a splattering of different offensive weapons. But hey, credit to the depth and credit to Bo Levi to put it all together. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and this is the thing, right? Early in the year, we, you and I were all over Don Jackson, and yes, yeah. go Don Jackson, go Don Jackson. Now the past few weeks is Romar Morris, and it's like, well, forget Don Jackson. Yeah, forget Romar him. Morris is getting the job done. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, yeah. What have you done for me lately? And and that's about all it is in Calgary. They always have somebody who's done it for them lately. They always have somebody who can step up. Scotty, great stuff as always, man. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thanks a lot, Andy. That was Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Make sure you check out all his great work. He posted on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. After the break, as I alluded to, Juwan Breskison, Mississauga native, Canadian wide receiver for the Calgary Stampeders in Behind the Helmet. That's next on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Up CFL Weekly across Canada on the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Can you follow on Twitter at AndyMC81? If you missed any of the show, don't worry. Just go to your local TSN radio station under the show section. Find CFL Weekly or it's on iTunes or I have it pinned on my Twitter page at AndyMC81 and I'll have it up on Instagram as well at AndyMC Sports. Well, coming off of the bye week, Calgary Stampeders are in first place and I got a chance to chat with Juwan Breskison, Canadian wide receiver for the Stamps. He's been a surging star just before that bye week and uh, boy, what what a run for the Calgary Stampeders so far. But as we talked about earlier in the show, Got to be looking over your shoulder for those Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They are coming up hot. But here is my behind the helmet. He's a Canadian wide receiver hailing from Mississauga, Ontario, a member of the first place Calgary Stampeders. Juwan Breskison on the line with me behind the helmet. Juwan, how's it going, man? I'm great. How are you? Oh, very good. Very good. Not as good as the Calgary Stampeders that are first place in the West Division. And, Juwan, what I find remarkable about this team is your ability to overcome when you lose a Kamar Jordan and an Eric Rogers in that receiving core in the same season, most teams could have the excuse of, well, isn't our year injuries, whatever. Then Reggie Bagleton steps up. You step up in a huge way. How do you, how does that wide receiver room that offense keep positive and keep able to produce in that true next man up format? Um, I think it's just uh, believing in the system and believing that the coaches are going to put you in the best position to be successful and then adding that with guys that are have you know god-given talent and uh, like reggie uh myself mark and lamar uh davaris um you know it's just it's, it's cool to see uh guys you know never panic and uh kind of doubt themselves or each other and uh you know contribute to the to the success that we've had how much of that also goes to having a quarterback like Bo Levi Mitchell, a guy who's cool as a cucumber, go out, can sling it, and, and make plays? How, how much of, of that next man up goes to having a quarterback like Bo Levi? Uh, you know, Bo being confident in us gives us that extra confidence that we may need sometimes. And, um, you know, he's never upset 
when someone like KJ gets hurt, you know, he's not going to have uh, one of his go-to guys. He just looks like, okay, who's who's the next option? Mm-hmm. And, you know, clearly you've seen Reggie with two 150-yard uh, uh, um, performances that shows that um, he's confident in, in everybody who he has around him. It's it's incredible, and also, of course, you have head coach Dave Dickinson, a pretty darn good quarterback in his own front, but that offense just seems unstoppable. Now, for, for yourself, this is your third season in the CFL. As I said, you're from Mississauga, but to go from year one, you played seven games. Last year, 15 games. This year, you've already surpassed your receiving yards total and touchdown totals. Take me through those first two years and now into your third, how the game has slowed down, evolved, and adjusted for you. Well, my first year was uh, it, it, everything was moving so fast because mm-hmm. I played in, in in the states. So I came here and I was in the slot, and you know the waggle alone was something to get used to. Yeah. Um, and then you have an extra defender, and you got to read coverages. You got to learn a new playbook, especially with Coach Dickey's offense. Like, there's so much going on. Um, you have to be intelligent to play in this offense. Um, then my second year, I was more comfortable learning more plays, um, learning more spots, uh, kind of just took some of the advice from the, the guys, uh, the, the, the veterans that were there and, you know, kind of showed a bit of what I could do. And then my third year was like, okay, like now it's time to like, kind of make a name for yourself. And, uh, um, here I am. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and then the opportunity presented itself, and you seized it. So good job, man. Uh, in conversation with Joan Breskison of the Calgary Stampeders. So let's let's get to know you a little bit for the fan base listening across the country. Favorite sport growing up? Was it always football, or did you have a different favorite? Uh, my favorite sport, my first love was basketball growing up. So you were a Raptors guy, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, uh, Vince Carter. Oh, yeah. Uh, had the Vince Carter jersey, yeah. the shoes, all all that. <laughs> Beautiful. So when did you, you start playing football? Was it uh, high school, like at the beginning? Was it before that? Um, I played, uh, I think, the fourth or fifth grade. Um, I played in the Mississauga Football League for the Mississauga Bobcats. And uh, my first um, position was either left tackle or left guard. Jeez. That yeah, changed a bit. it wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can't make any plays that way. When did you switch over to wide receiver? Um, I actually didn't start playing wide receiver until my junior year of high school. Wow. Huh. And and yeah. so so making that that switch was that more of you wanted to become a playmaker or your size because now you're six three two hundred and change. It's like okay, hey, maybe I can be a force here. What what prompted the move to to wideout? Um, that was always my dream position. But, okay. Um, you know, growing up. Being the athletic uh, kid, uh, the older I got, um, coaches always wanted me to be at quarterback. I guess you right. know when you're the one of the best athletes on the field, the coach wants you to have the ball in your hand. I could throw a bit, I could run, so it, it worked. But uh, I ended up going to a high school in Indiana, and they already had a quarterback. So I was like, man, this is my shot to play with a wide receiver because um, I always grew up. I loved Randy Moss, and yeah. uh, he uh, was just. I would always pretend to be him when I was a kid. And um, when I got to play receiver, I was like, man, this just feels natural. Like, I just I just love catching the football. So was it when you were following Randy Moss, was his was your favorite team, whatever team he was on, or did you have another NFL favorite? <clears throat> uh, 
my favorite team growing up um, was the Dallas Cowboys. Ah, the star. Yeah, and he, he would kill us, so it was kind of <laughs> like bittersweet. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like, oh, Randy, doing it again, darn. <laughs> and so now you went to school in the States, Northern Illinois, now in the in the Canadian Football League and, and doing a great job. So when you're on road trips or there's downtime and you're not studying film, what do you do for fun? What kind of eases your mind away from football to regroup? Um, really just like, you know, uh, reading or uh, playing video games, watching TV, watching documentaries, um, just kind of like your everyday kind of person, um, you know, just whatever I can to take my mind away from, you know, the stress stresses of football, um, I do, and uh, it seems to be working so far, <laughs> so I guess I'll continue to do that. <laughs> what, what video game? Are you Madden? Are you NBA 2K? What are you doing? I'm NBA 2K and Spider-Man 2 right oh, now. I haven't played the Spider-Man one. Is it good? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah? Oh, man. Can't yeah. Have to check that out. Uh, for, for NBA, are you a, a creative guy? Is there is there a Juwan character in there who's uh, who's dominating? Yeah, I play my <laughs> my player a lot. Nice. Uh, me and my friends. So I'm a small forward right now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And you said documentaries. Are you going off of stuff on Netflix? What have you seen? Um. Oof. I watch a I watch a lot of different things, um, uh, a lot of like uh, investigation, yeah, um, documentaries. Um, I watch the uh, Dirty Money documentary, um, some of the cartel uh, documentaries. Those are great. Um, yeah, just a, a variety of stuff. Um, I've just always been told to you know kind of uh, dabble in different areas, so. Um, I, I I watch a lot of stuff and uh, I'm interested in, in a, a variety of things. So um, yeah, Netflix is uh is they're definitely getting my money. Worth. Yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah, you just you just go surfing and you, who knows what you find. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, now, uh, John, do you have any hype music, get music or an artist that you put on to get ready for a big game? Um, not really, but. Um, before games, I kind of um, find myself listening to Bob Marley for some reason. Kind of just like a chill, yeah. A feel good, a feel good vibe. You know, keeps me kind of calm and uh, just kind of happy before the game. And um, I don't know, it just kind of gives you that positive energy to just go in and kind of just take care of of business. Like I've heard of guys like Russell Westbrook listening to Beyonce before. <laughs> uh, games and like I can kind of see like a correlation like kind of just keeps you calm and uh kind of just focused and you don't get too hyped up before the game um so yeah mine is kind of like reggae and and uh, mainly Bob Marley just to keep yourself yeah not not too high not too low just focus on the game plan yeah 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 last one for you here do you have a post-game, uh, you know, either a post-game meal that you like or a cheat day meal if it's in the off-season and, and you can treat yourself? Cheat day meal. Yeah. Oh. Or dessert or, or something something that during football season you probably shouldn't have. Oh, my weakness <laughs> is cheesecake by far. Oh, beauty. It, it, like like Cheesecake Factory, is there a, a type or just whatever they slap in front of you? Uh, every restaurant that I've been to, I've had their cheesecake. Even like <laughs> even like this vegan restaurant I went to, I had their vegan cheesecake. How is vegan cheesecake? I have not had that. Honestly, I would not recommend it. 
Um, <laughs> but it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't what I was used to. Right. So. If you're gonna eat cheesecake, eat the real, just do eat it. the real kind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just stomach it and, and go for it. Nice, exactly. <laughs> I like that, uh, Jawan. You've been a real pleasure, man. Thank you so much, and good luck the rest of the season. Uh, thank you very much for having me. All right, a very big thank you to Jawan Breskison of the Calgary Stampeders, right there in behind the helmet. That will do it. For me, folks, Week 16 is here. The march to the playoffs continue. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Enjoy the games, folks.